This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or a cross of coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Mark chapter 12. Don't know if we'll get through the whole chapter or not, but maybe we will. We'll see. Wonders never cease. We'll see. That's right. Um, so Jesus has entered Jerusalem, went into the temple, mm. cleaned it up a little bit, made a lot of people mad. Anytime you mess with people's money, they get a little angry. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what we're walking into in, in Mark chapter 12. Because, um, uh, you know, these these religious leaders seem to be bold and courageous, but we'll see who the bold and courageous one is as mm-hmm. we get into Mark 12. You know, there was this thing a few years ago, what would Jesus do, right? Remember everybody wearing the WWJD right. bracelets and stuff? Yeah. When people ask, what would Jesus do in this situation? You can remind them that flipping over tables is not out of the question. <laughs> I thought she was going to say there was this thing a few years ago, and I thought she was going to say there was a soap opera called Bold and Courageous. No. Oh. <laughs> Don't they just sound like no. a, a soap opera name? Bold um, and, the Bold and Courageous. <laughs> bold and the Beautiful, I think. <laughs> I once, don't know. We digress. Since okay. All right. <clears throat> no, well, flipping over tables is not out of the question. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> Why don't you pray to get started? <laughs> bold and Courageous. Thank you, Lord. We had a theme song for that that, that that show. Okay. The Bold and Courageous. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for making us bold and courageous. Oh, Lord, we ask for wisdom, knowledge, revelation, and understanding, discernment to know you more intimately. That's what we ask for. As we read your <laughs> word tonight, Lord, that it, that it goes from being logos, the written word, to rhema, the living word. And that you give us opportunities, even in the coming days, to apply this word. Help us not to look into the word and then walk away and forget. But may we be doers of your word and not hearers only. Holy Spirit, have your way in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So in chapter 12, um, like I said, Jesus is entering in Jerusalem and for... Three years now, the religious leaders have tried to get him to um, stumble, fall, however you want to say it. Yeah. Trap, Trap him. him in his words. Yeah, or... so they could say, see, see, he's not the Messiah. And time and time again, Jesus has put them in their place, right? Mm-hmm. And today, he's really going to confront, confront. Uh, he's really going to expose their hearts, really, and who, who they really are. Um, now, there's a chapter break here between 11 and 12. But there, there, there shouldn't be a chapter break because it just kind of just flows all together. But again, it's our for our convenience, which is so. Thank you to whoever did that. You just put one in the bad spot right here. <clears throat> uh, in chapter twelve, it starts off. Then Jesus began teaching them with stories. Mm-hmm. So who, who is the them? Because it's very important that we know who the them is. Okay, so at the end of chapter eleven. Yeah, verse twenty-seven. Right, yeah, it says he was walking in the temple courts. So you can imagine people that are there to worship and 
people that to people who are are employed there that's their main occupation so people he was walking in the temple courts chief priests teachers of the law and the elders came to him mm-hmm. right yeah verse, 20, uh, verse 28 yeah and by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority yeah so you got jesus the disciples right mm-hmm. including judas at this point right because they're all with him yeah. right they enter jerusalem and they go through the temple area, like I said. You got the leading priests and teachers of religious law and elders. So you got a lot of people who have a lot of authority in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this is going to be quite the hostile crowd because I'm sure they've heard all about him overturning the the the, the tables, the tables, yeah. the money tables and stuff, and cleansing the temple. And uh, so <clears throat> he's already made them mad over the past three years, and now he's he's on their territory. Right, and, and there at the temple, and uh, they don't like him. Mm. You know, so by you know by Friday, they're going to have him killed. They don't know that yet. Mm. Jesus knows it. His disciples don't know that. But they'll eventually get their way. But for now, these angry people are who Jesus is going to confront straight to their face, and we'll see who's who is the bold and courageous. For some reason, I have the Waltons music going through my head. Wah, 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 Interesting. Wah, wah, wah. Was that the Waltons? <laughs> wah, 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 wah. All right, Squirrel. Shelby, you're going to read verses 1 through 12 for us? Yeah. This Come is on. Jesus talking uh, to this crowd This mm-hmm. that's full of religious leaders and elders and all those good people. Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, he put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others, some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir, come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this passage of scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Mm-hmm. These, these guys, aren't, they're not fools. They're smart. And they, they realized that, that Jesus was telling this story about them. And so we can see who who is the bold and courageous. Um, the New Living Translation, verse 12, says, The religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because they realized he was telling the story against them. 
because they were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the crowd. Mm-hmm. So they left him and went away. So who's full of fear now? Mm. Right? And who's they being are. bold and courageous? Right. Yeah. They are the ones afraid. So the vineyard has this wall with a lookout tower. And um, the owner's going to leave town and hire some farmers to come in and work the vineyard, right? Mm-hmm. In the story. Which Jesus is talking about these religious leaders. The, the tenants were doing their job. They, they worked the farm as they're, they're hired to do. Um, the religious leaders, they were doing their jobs. They, they were teaching in the synagogues and, and you know, doing the things that, you know, the, like the, the chief, not chief priests, but the, the leading priests, the, the priests were doing, they're making their sacrifices in the temple. They're doing what they're supposed to do <clears throat> up to a point. Mm. Not when it came to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Um, their problem was that they, the, these tenants who was hired by the owner, they, they decided, hey, we're taking this farm over. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be ours. Um, and they weren't going to share anything with anybody. And they killed the servants that, that the, the owner is sending that were sent there to collect some of the, the goods and some of the money. Um, knowing that this parable is about the religious leaders, what did Jesus, like in Matthew 23, Jesus is hammering on like the Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. And the religious leaders. And uh, it's, I think they call it the woe chapter or whatever, uh, where Jesus is pronouncing all these woes on those on those guys. And verses 29 through 39 of Matthew 23, it says, Jesus talking to the, the these religious leaders, he says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you build tombs for, for the prophets your ancestors killed. And you decorate the monuments of godly people your ancestors destroyed. In other words, it's like the, the just like the story that he told. Mm-hmm. These, you know, you killed all these people that were sent to you mm-hmm. to collect. To, or, or to point you back to mm-hmm. the Father. Yeah. Right. And Jesus is saying, your, your ancestors killed these people. But he's going to say, you killed them as well. Uh, he says... <clears throat> Uh, then you say, if you had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, sons of vipers. <laughs> How will you escape the judgment of hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law. But you will kill some by crucifixion and you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. Who is he talking about? The disciples, mm. right? After Acts mm-hmm. 2, the church, Acts 2 when the church started, right mm. after that, they start getting flogged, right? And, you know, later on, they'll be killed in many different ways. Right. As a result, you'll be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time, the murder of righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, the son of Barakiah, Barakiah, however you say that, mm-hmm. whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. So these, these men were ruthless. They already mm-hmm. committed murder. I'll tell you the truth. This judgment will fall on this very generation. And then he cries out over the city, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now... Look, your house is abandoned and desolate. 
For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm. So <clears throat> they knew that parable was about them, and Jesus just points it out. And when you couple that with what he, all those woes he pronounces in Matthew 23, especially this one, he says, you killed the prophets, you killed all these people, just like the, the owner of this this farm. Right. When he sent in these workers, and you just, one by one, you picked them off, you beat them up, you killed them. And you're going to kill me very soon. All right. Um, When the the tenants of the farm that the owner hired saw the owner's son coming, they were filled with joy because if they got rid of the son, then guess what? The farm is theirs, right? Right. It was theirs. So obviously here Jesus is referring to himself and how these guys are going to kill him. And they will have him killed by Friday. Um. Jesus says the owner will come and take the farm from them and give it to someone else. And he, I believe that he means that he will, he's going to take the kingdom of God from these who think they own it, the religious leaders, mm-hmm. right? They think they own it, and they're going to, he's going to give it to the disciples to manage, which is what happens in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit falls and the church begins. Okay. I have, I have a thought here. All right. Part of this is born from footnotes once again. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah for, for whoever... Footnotes. Right. I mean, research things out. Um, so my footnote says that how Jesus is expanding on the song of the vineyard from Isaiah 5, mm-hmm. um, verses 1 through 7. And I think it sheds a whole lot of light on these things. Um, can I read that sure. real quick? So uh, Isaiah chapter 5. Verses 1 through 7. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one, my loved one, had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up, cleared it of stones, planted the choicest vines. He built a watchtower and cut out a wine press, right? Isn't that what he just said? Yeah, right? all that. Um, then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now, you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge. It's like it's protection, right? Right. I'll take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and the briars and thorns will grow there. I, I will command the clouds not to rain on it. And he says very plainly in verse 7, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. Hmm. And the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. But he looked for justice and saw bloodshed. He looked for righteousness, but he heard cries of distress. And then guess what's right after that? Woes and judgments. Oh, boy. (laughs) Woes and judgments. Um, Over Israel. Right. Because of their sin. I mean, because he's pointing out very, very plainly, the vineyard is the nation of Israel. Well, the he people of Judah in, in are passages. the vines he delighted in. Right. He, he, he calls Israel, the Hebrew people, his choice is fine mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. But their sin just produced a lot of what you were just reading in Isaiah. Right. And so, obviously, if these are chief priests, teachers of the law, you know, those people, the elders, they knew Isaiah. Oh, yeah. Well, they knew 
what he was referring to as far as the vineyard. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, for a lot of us, that does not compute, right? But Those guys they knew the teachings vineyard. of the Torah. Um, and, and it was no surprise that in, in that, he was pointing again at them. Yeah, and exposing their hearts. Right. And how they're just full of sin. Gosh, religion. Again, it's the spirit of religion being exposed and um, shown for what it is, mm-hmm. you know? Lord. That was that was my thoughts. <laughs> and, and, and here he is calling them out saying, you know, you've killed the prophets your ans- and you're guilty just as much as your ancestors are. He knows he's going to be dead by Friday. They don't even know that yet because mm-hmm. Judas hadn't made the deal with him. He mm-hmm. will here in the next day or two. Um, but it, it's just crazy the many times they've tried to pick up stones and, and stone him and he got away. They've tried to push him off a cliff. Many times they, they you know, they try to kill him and he'd get away. And, and <clears throat> it had to be one of his own to, to betray him mm-hmm. to get the job done because they, they couldn't do it. Um, so that's a good point. I, I didn't I didn't realize that out of Isaiah. But one thing I want to point out before, before we uh, go on is how um, just people in general, like uh, you know, these religious leaders, they 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 try to be bold and courageous. And they want to kill Jesus, but they don't do it because they're they're full of fear, right? And mm-hmm. they 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 fear the crowd. Um, and basically what they're doing is they're, 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 they're trying to justify their actions. They're trying to justify killing Jesus, but they can't. And they have to trump up charges against him. You know, we'll see toward the end of Mark when we get to the trial of Jesus and all that and and them before Pilate and they're just making up stuff to to get him killed. Mm -hmm. But one one thing, and you see this a lot in our society today, even. But when when people can't justify their actions, what you know, and they're trying to accomplish something, and they know they're in sin, they know that what they're doing is wrong, and they can't justify what they're doing. What do they do? They turn to violence. Mm. Just and that's what that's what they're going to do. They, they and that's what they they were wanting to do here. They're full of fear. They're trying to justify their actions toward Jesus. They can't do it. They know they're wrong. And Jesus keeps putting them in their place. So what do they do? They, they want to kill him. They want to, they want to turn to violence. And, and we see this all, you know, with all these different movements going on in our societies today. Mm-hmm. I won't mention any of them by name, but it's what they do. They turn to violence. And you see all these riots going on and there's no way they can justify their actions. They think they can, and they're trying to justify what they're doing and, and the reason why they're doing it. But it, when you boil it down, it's sin. Mm-hmm. There's more fear of man than fear of God here. Oh yeah. You know, it's they were they were looking for a way to arrest him because they knew that he had spoken this against them. But they were so afraid of the crowd that they left and went away mm-hmm. for it. You know, I think we read in previous chapters for a more opportune time, right? Mm-hmm. Or the enemy left Jesus to come back at a more opportune time, right? But there's a fear of man. They're afraid of the crowd. But do they fear God? 
They would claim yes. Right? And, they and really. how are we the same way? Lord, convict us and, and forgive us if we, <clears throat> if we are. If there's more fear of man in us than there is fear of God. Because then we're no better. Mm-hmm. So, these, over and over again, they've tried and tried and tried to trap Jesus, right? And he keeps, like he would, like at Simon the Pharisee's house, the, the, the Pharisee just thinks, well, if this man knew who this woman was, he wouldn't be having any dealings with her. And Jesus would call, just call him out, out in front of everybody, right? I do know who this woman is. You know, she's preparing me for my burial. She's washing my feet with her tears, and you're supposed to wash my feet when I came in your house, and you didn't do it, right? Uh, so over and over and over again, they don't learn their lesson. Mm-hmm. Even though Jesus keeps exposing them for who they really are, they just keep sending. And we're going to see it here again at the end of the chapter. They just keep sending people to Jesus, trying to trap him, trying to trap him, mm-hmm. trying to trap him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And uh, and so the, here, the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to the, they're going to send some Pharisees to try and trap him, and then now some Sadducees are going to get in on the action uh, in verses thirteen through twenty-seven. Uh, Shelby, you want to read that one? A little lengthy reading. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it Trying right to butter him up? <laughs> is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, Whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. It's a simple answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It blew their minds. All right, keep going. Verse 18. 18. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. The Levite marriage. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow but he also died leaving no children. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven seven were married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage, They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. 
Yeah. So, um, this is interesting because these guys, especially um, well, these religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're very, like you said earlier, they, they I think you said earlier, talking about how smart they are, they, they know the scriptures, they know the scriptures well, like you said about Isaiah, they would know Isaiah. Okay. Well, obviously they know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Jesus calls them out for saying, hey, you, you don't really know the scriptures that you know mm-hmm. that makes any sense um he says you don't understand you've made a serious error um and there's a lot of people like that in 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 churches today who um and i've said this before in in other podcasts you can know a lot of scriptures and not know the god of the scriptures come on you can quote a lot of scriptures and not have a you know, I think it's what Pastor was talking about this morning about having a relationship. Right. With, you can have a head knowledge of who God is without having a, I'm gonna say, a heart knowledge. But we know that that's a spirit, mm-hmm. a spiritual encounter with Him, where you know Him intimately. Mm-hmm. Like from Deuteronomy six, the Pharisees go back and take that literal, where uh, Moses says to write these on your heart, and he's talking about the phylacteries, you know. Uh, they would put the flackers on their forehead or mm-hmm. wear them on their their Arm. ri- mm-hmm. yeah their arms or wrists area. And the bigger the flackers, the smarter they are. The more scriptures they know. Mm. And it's but it was all about show with, with, with those guys with like the Pharisees. That's why Jesus is saying you know you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Mm-hmm. But and they could quote scripture. They know scripture. They know Isaiah. They they know these prophets and they know what the prophets say. But yet Jesus says you. You're ignorant when it comes to the scriptures, because mm-hmm. Abraham, God, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, they're alive right now. They're not dead. They're not laying. You know, they're in mm-hmm. heaven with my. You know, so in other words, there's there's there are, there's been like a resurrection, but the Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so what, obviously, they're, they're again. <laughs> They're 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 trying to trap him, and they're saying, "At the resurrection, whose wife will she be?" Mm. <coughs> and he says, "You're mistaken. You don't even believe in the resurrection. <laughs> but you are. You've misinterpreted the word. And you know Jesus is good at that. And I'm sure that all of us, you know, have read some things." in a way at some point in time that that later the Lord brought some illumination. He brought some more information and made it plain to us. And I was like, oh, that's what that means. I totally had that wrong before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, do we have the humility to admit it? They don't. To say, you know what? I totally botched that. I was... I was interpreting it from my own understanding but here's what the holy spirit has has made known to me revealed right um right do we have the humility to do that or are we pumped pompous and puffed up yeah and and don't think that the, the sadducees listen to jesus and says oh wait we need to go back and study those scriptures and, and make sure you're right what do you mean they, they what do you do mean <laughs> right 
Because that's because, show me. You know, Paul uses the 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 Pharisees against the Sadducees to get out of right a lot of trouble <laughs> when he starts to argue. But I'm on trial because of the resurrection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, why you guys are fighting? I'm gonna... Yeah, so don't think the Sadducees listen to Jesus and says, "Hey, you know what? You're right. We're wrong. Let me let me change our mind on that." Because they did not right. do that. <laughs> Do me a favor, go and check out some awesome worship music that's written and sung by my beautiful wife, Mary Tucker, and you can check that out at marygamboamusic.com. Mary is the worship leader at Authentic Church at 322 Lindsay Street in Alcoa, Tennessee. Now you can check us out and come worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. and we'd love to have you there. Also, you can download Mary's songs wherever you stream your music. If you would like to book Mary for your next event, contact her through the website at marygamboamusic.com or you can text her at area code 865-418-2824. We look forward to worshiping with you soon. Now, back to the podcast. So, um, now, um, out of this conversation with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, I, I call this guy Mr. Know-it-all. He's going to step out of the crowd, and he asks the question of all questions. Uh, and he thinks it's going to be the one question that's going to stump Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the way this reads, I think this is the second time this has happened. I don't I don't think it's the same account as the other ones where um, the, the guy just goes on and on, like, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. I think this is a different one. Mm. Um, but in verse 28, it says one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. You know, talk, he's listening to this going on between Jesus and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And you, you know the guy's just standing there observing and he, his wheels are turning in his head and he's thinking, I'm fixing to get this guy. I'll think of a question and it'll stump him. And uh, he says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Um... And, of course, we know Jesus' reply. We'll go get in that in just a second. But um, the, the, new, the New Living Translation, I don't know what the NIV says in verse 28, but it says one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. What is, mm-hmm. what, is that what you're saying? Uh, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Debating. All right, so I got a question for you. What happened to debates? You remember, people used to have debates. They still do. Yeah, but you don't hear nothing about it anymore. Well, it used to be a real huge, big deal. I mean, there are still presidential debates, and I'm sure in the next year or so we will hear quite a few of them. God help us. Um, but there are still classes on debate um, and debate teams that go and and do that very thing. Here's your topic. You're for. You're against. Now give us your reasons why. Yeah, but churches used to have debates. Like people would would debate each other in in churches, and they would get their congregations to come or their people, or whatever, to mm. come and listen to the debate. Mm. But you don't you don't see that or hear about that hardly anymore. Mm. You, the about the only ones you hear about it now is um, with the uh, uh, what do you call it the Christian Adventists. Yeah. Adventists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not Adventists. The Christian Evidences. Like the the, oh. the the theological arguments and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. There's, I think oh gosh, some... I've never heard of those things. But there is a program at UT called Ratio Christi, and they do uh, defending Christianity. They do debates every couple months, I think. 
Really? Even now? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, Rochelle Christie's a place at UT. Oh, okay. But they debate, like, usually, like, last time they brought in, um, the illusion, I think, William Craig, maybe, his okay. name is. Um, but then they have people asking questions, like, atheists, like, different people's different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. He has to defend their Christianity. Right. Be yeah. ready to give a response. There's people from all over Answer. that ask there's a couple of guys on YouTube that well I mean, there's, no there's more but there's a couple that you catch in your feeds a lot mm-hmm. that, are, that do that they they got a look and they're usually on like a college campus or something yeah. mm-hmm. a bunch of young people around them maybe an older guy mm-hmm. wants something about and he's they're asking he's letting them ask questions and then, yeah and he's answering the questions well and but it's not really a debate he's just answering the questions right really the whole study of apologetics is kind of it's that right yeah it's being able to give an answer for the hope that lies within why do we believe what we believe where does that come from where can we defend our stance from from the word of god um but you're right i i've never been not that i can recall been party to one of those debates yeah in a in a church setting so interesting well one one of the reasons why i mean i don't like i don't personally i don't like debating people but it it makes you think and it makes you get in the word Mm -hmm. is why i bring that up. right and should we should be as the bereans right who daily search the scriptures to see if what paul said about the lord was true yeah um, so Jesus gives his reply to this guy's question that's supposed to stump him once and for all. Well, it does something once and for all. It shuts him up. <laughs> In verses 29 through 31, it says, The most important commandment is this, Jesus says, Listen, O Israel. He's, he's, he's going back to Deuteronomy 6. Shema Israel. Yeah, yeah. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. But then Jesus doesn't stop there. He says the second, because the guy asked, what's the greatest commandment, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, oh, here's the greatest commandment, but let me, let me, let me keep going here. The second is, uh, you want the main commandment? Let me give you two of them. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, in other passages, that's where the guy goes into, well, who's my neighbor? neighbor? And Jesus goes into the Good Samaritan story. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens here. This is that's why I think this is a totally different uh, situation. I think this is a, a whole different um, occurrence. And the guy asked Jesus a similar question. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, and it, it may be the same one. I don't know. But if it is, this one ends totally different. Because the guy the guy just marvels at what Jesus says. And he says, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, you did well. Tell him. Can you imagine telling God, you did well. You answered right. Well done. <laughs> yeah. um, interesting that, again, footnote says, Jewish rabbis counted 613 individual statutes in the law and attempted to differentiate between the heavy or the light ones, the great ones or the little ones. Almost like some denominations 
uh, make cardinal sins or nominal sins, you know. The, right, right. Um, but 613 different statutes. And so he's saying, out of those 613, we're not just talking about the Big Ten, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about out of these 613, which one's the most important? Because that's a lot to keep up with. You know? That's quite a checklist every day. Right. <laughs> so, which one's the most important? And love the Lord your God. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu. Right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. He goes back to, what is that? Deuteronomy 6, 4, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Hear, O Israel. The Shema became the Jewish confession of faith which was recited by pious Jews every morning and every evening. To this day, its recitation begins every synagogue service. So he was, he was saying, this is, this is the big one. Here's the most important. Love the Lord. But then he makes love your neighbor as yourself, you know, just as weighty. And in these, everything else is fulfilled, right? I mean, even if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first couple have to do with loving the Lord. Mm -hmm. The rest of them have to do with loving your neighbor. Yeah. So if you are loving the Lord, you're not going to do things that grieve his heart. If you're loving your neighbor, you're not going to do things that grieve your neighbor. And and by so doing, that you're also not doing the things that grieve God. Listen to how this guy replies back to Jesus. He says in verse 32, the teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. (laughs) He is God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is this one he said. He says, this is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required by the law. Loving God and loving... The guy is confessing this to God himself. Mm-hmm. He, he says, it, it's more important for me to love God with everything that I have, my heart, whole heart, everything, my understanding, strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. It, that's all... Both of those are way more important than to offer burnt offerings and sacrifices required by the law. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to know if this guy was part of that crowd that's yelling crucify him by Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because Jesus is sitting here thinking, because it, it's a teacher of religious law. Mm-hmm. Jesus has already pronounced all kind of woes on these guys. So he knows that this guy's not doing, he's, he may be saying the right things, but he's not practicing the right things. But then what is his next statement? Jesus saw mm-hmm. that he had answered wisely. And, and so maybe he's like a Nicodemus, Could you know, be. perhaps he's like a Nicodemus that's, that's really got some honest questions for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jesus says to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Yeah. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. <laughs> so Jesus is putting a, uh, he's showing who the bold and uh, courageous is here. It, it's him. He's withstood um, 
their testings, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's answered their questions. Um, and in a little bit, he's going to um, quiz the people about their greatest, most respected king in Israel, David. And he's going to point out uh, the actions of the widow lady in her offering that she's going to put in the offering plate. In verses 35 through 44, it says, Later, as Jesus was teaching the, temp- the people in the temple, he asked, Why do teachers of religious law claim that the Messiah is the son of David? For David himself, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. And since David himself called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? And the large crowd listened to him with great delight. And Jesus also taught, Beware of the false teachers. Oh, I'm sorry. Beware of the, these teachers of religious law. Well, he just was talking to one, right? He answered the question from a teacher of religious law. Mm-hmm. And now he's looking at the guy. I just wonder if he's looking at him eyeball to eyeball. And he's like, beware of these teachers of religious law. <laughs> <laughs> For they like to parade around and flow. Because he just said, you're close to the kingdom of God. You're mm-hmm. not a part of the kingdom of God, but you're close to it. <laughs> beware of these guys, Right. For they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces. And they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head in the head uh, table at the banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. Ouch. And Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. And many rich people put in large amounts. And then a poor widow came <clears throat> and dropped in two small coins. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. Mm-hmm. But she, for she has gave everything, everything that she, she had. had to live on. Yeah. And so you think about these guys who, they did everything for show, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted people, they wanted to get people's attention. They wanted people looking at them. That's why they would, Jesus points out that they would say these fancy prayers or whatever. So if you could just imagine these guys going up and they're, and they're dropping in these huge chunks of money, these coins, so it makes a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. So they can get attention. They want people to be looking at them. Look how much money I put in this offering plate. And then you got this little old lady walking up there. And she drops in two little coins that doesn't even hardly make a sound. Nobody's looking. Clink, clink. <laughs> So nobody would pay this woman any attention. Nobody would, you know, nobody would just recognize what she did except, except God. Mm-hmm. God saw what that woman did. He, you know, when the, it, I don't remember if it's Matthew, Luke, or John. The, I've done all three of those gospels, but I can't think of which one it is. But um, the disciples, when, when, when they came into Jerusalem, whichever one it was, it pointed out, which one of those gospels points out that the disciples were like they were amazed they were in awe of the temple and and the people right. that was in the temple and and Jesus says oh this this is going to be torn down in 3 days you know yeah. and rebuilt in 3 days and they're like what what are you talking about it, and they're 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 look it, it that's what these the religious leaders that's what they love they love the praises of the people and that's what got the disciples attention and, and and they didn't pay attention to that little old lady that threw in two coins. Well, that was no big deal to them. But to God, it was a huge deal. Right. Because Jesus said that, I mean, Jesus knows that woman's heart. 
Jesus mm-hmm. knows everything about that woman mm-hmm. and her life. He knows these religious leaders. And Jesus says, they just gave out their surplus. It means nothing. This woman, even though she just gave two coins, she gave everything that she had. And, and the reason why I, I say all that is because a lot of people, just don't, they don't think they have anything to offer to God. Mm-hmm. That, that they don't matter. And, and yet here's Jesus saying, that widow lady, she wasn't intimidated by all those people giving all this mm-hmm. a lot of money. She just dropped in her two coins, but she gave everything that she had. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all God, that's what he wants us to do is give what we, you know, all we have to offer. Right. Our time. You know, if that's all we have is time, our talent, and whatever our talent treasure. it is, our yeah. treasure, yeah. our money. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we'll end with this. It, it, it's, it, you can treasure. expand on it if you want. Uh, it's not how much we have to give to God, but it's it's what we do give to God. Mm. It, mm-hmm. our, you know, our time, talent, whatever. It's using what we have for God because it's, it's all about our heart. Are we, are, are we giving from our surplus or are we giving from our heart? And Jesus has exposed these religious leaders time and time again that their heart's not right with God. Mm-hmm. But here walks up this little widow lady, not much, nobody's paying attention to her. But she loved God, like Jesus said, with all mm-hmm. her heart, with all her soul, all her mind, all her strength. And she gave everything that she had, those two little coins, all she had, yet she threw it in the pot. Um, no matter if she got recognition for it or not. Right. And so she's trusting the Lord for provision for whatever else she might need. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> Jesus is, you know, he's he's looking at motives, the motivation. I mean, why why are we why are we up on the stage Sunday after Sunday? You know, why why are we playing our instruments? Why why are we preaching why are we you know given the introduction the why are we doing this podcast again why are we doing this podcast <laughs> yeah you know, it's not the money y'all <laughs> no because that comes out of my pocket i don't make any money off the podcast um but what is the motivation behind what we do is it because we love the lord with all our heart soul mind and strength or is it you know because we want recognition of men mm-hmm. so who do we fear more you know, do we fear? Do we fear men? Do we, like you said, want that notoriety? Do we want that recognition? Do we want other people to notice, or is it just that we want God to notice? It's a good. Um, what did Paul say? Heart test. Yeah, Paul says, "The love of Christ compels me; it controls me." Mm-hmm. What, what what what's our motivation? I guess would be a good question. Mm-hmm. Why do we do what we do? Right. You want to pray? We'll be done. You got something you want to add? No, I think I think we covered most of it. You know, so if you're in that place of poverty, don't think that you're two mites isn't worthy or that it doesn't make a difference because it does I mean particularly when you're trusting the Lord 
Lord, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to eat tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you what belongs to you, right? What did, what did Jesus start out with? Or earlier, he was talking about render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's. She is giving the Lord what what she feels compelled to give to the Lord, yeah. and trusting Him for the provision after that. And that's what we're supposed to do as well. Um, I read another note that said that many of the Sadducees were very wealthy. Oh yeah, and had plenty of excess to to throw into offerings or um they they were not poverty stricken by any stretch um and so a lot of this was definitely a a poke right at them for okay you guys are living in luxury and this woman is is not but she's giving everything she's got Mm -hmm. what are you giving yeah, and he just called them out for knowing scriptures, but not knowing scriptures. Mm-hmm. And now he's saying you just you're just putting it out of your surplus. You're not even again exposing their hearts. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, thank you for exposing our hearts and everything that is in us that is not in alignment with your word. We ask you to bring it out, expose it, so that it can be dealt with and moved out of the way. In the name of Jesus. We ask you to um, shine the spotlight of your word into our hearts and our minds. We want to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, with all of our resources, and, and so bring you glory, as this woman did. We want to trust you with all of our tomorrows, even when we don't know when the next meal is coming from or where the, where, where the next house payment, rent, rent payment is coming from. Lord, we want to trust you for everything in our lives and know that, that you're in control. But help us to put to death the fear of man and, and to live in the fear of you. You are one. You're the one and only. And again, we, we just want to love you with everything within us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep running. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe, and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.